New York Giants at Washington, a redo of the Washington uh, Commanders' last game. Is it must win? Now, now I need to preface this, okay? And I, and, and I appreciate all of you for uh, indulging me on this one, but if you just want to flat out give an answer to the question, our phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. Is it a must-win game for Washington? Playoff race. Is it a must-win game for Washington? Mindset. But... Now, like I said, thank you for indulging me. Again, you can call in 1-800-636-1067. I don't take saying must win lightly. Okay? I don't I don't I don't love it when must win is thrown around there all willy-nilly. You can't have a must win game in week two. You can't have a must win game in week four. Right, Because you lose, oh darn, you try to bounce back. But there is a certain point in the season against certain opponents uh, in certain situations when it becomes must win, even if it's not an elimination game. I think we're all smart enough, you, me, everybody else. I think we're all smart enough to say, uh, you know, like every game in the NCAA basketball tournament is a must win. It's a single elimination tournament. Or, you know, if, if, hey, if we lose this, we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, that's must win. We don't have to go through that. And, and it doesn't even need to be said, right? Elimination game is another way of saying must win game. But must win is different. Must win means if you lose, you're not mathematically eliminated. If you lose, you're not, you're not um, you know, kicked to the curb from, from a, a eligibility standpoint. It just means... If you lose, it's going to be very, very, very difficult for your team to bounce back from in a multitude of different ways, right? From from a pure, hey, guess what? You're losing to a division rival, and that division rival will take a lead in the playoff race, and your schedule has some difficult ones coming up. You can just start doing the math, right? The, the, the team won't do it, but we can do it on the outside. You can look at the rest of the schedule and go, win, maybe, maybe, loss, win, and you can check yourself all the way down and then go, uh-oh, if we don't win this one, we're likely to come out on the other side of the numbers. But then you can also look at it from a mental standpoint. If you lose this game, does it shock your your confidence? If you lose this game, does it set you back from a X's and O's standpoint, meaning how confident you are in in your play caller or your quarterback? I, as much as as you know, I really like Taylor Heineke, and I think many of you really like like Taylor Heineke. He is not beyond reproach in that if things start going poorly or or if they lose a giant game and and he contributes to it, I'm not sure that locker room won't look at him kind of cross. Is it a must win game by the end of this segment? So within the next ten minutes, I'll tell you if it is or not. But let's hear from some of you. Drew in Maryland is on the call in line one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. He has an answer to the question. Drew, thank you very much for calling in. Is it a must win game for Washington? So I think it's a must win game, not necessarily for getting into the playoffs because Seattle plays Kansas City, Detroit's got to beat the Jets. So we could lose and still be, you know, still make the playoffs actually with a pretty good probability. But if you can't beat the Giants at home after a week off, after just tying them, then what difference does it make if you can make the playoffs or not? So they got to treat this as a playoff game and they got to win because it tells you about the team. And so I think that uh, they got to come in and win. This is this is a game. If you want to be good, you win. And uh, hopefully they're good. 
I'm excited. I'm already. <laughs> I just coming back from the store for the tailgate for tomorrow, so I'm hoping it's rocking and we take one to the house. Well, what's the tailgate looking like? What, what what's the main course? Uh, well, it's all New York stuff. So we got um, <laughs> Italian sauces and, and onions. We've got deli for you know grilled corned beef and pastrami. We got some Chinese food, some pizza, cosmopolitans. All know, right, Drew, I don't, don't want to cut you off, but you're making me hungry. So uh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want my stomach growling on the microphone here. So appreciate the call. Call back in any time. I I do like the idea of tailgating with the food of the team you're playing against. Kind of like uh, what Taylor Heineke does with the shoes, where if he beats the team, he then buys the the, the Jordans, the sneaks, uh, with with the colors of the team that he beat. So it's like you're you're getting in the vibe to beat them. I like that. Drew, thanks for calling in. Call back in anytime. One eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. Now, Drew touched on a point that I was getting to, which is the reason why this is this is a must win according to Drew is because. If you can't beat the Giants in this situation, what are we doing? Essentially is what he got to. I'm paraphrasing. Right? What are we doing? You you tied this team two two weeks ago. So the score would say, right, if you are what your record says you are, if you are what the, the score says you are, two weeks ago, you were even. Now, all Washington has done since then and we can we can be like super blunt about this is try to get better just hang out right they they were on a bye week all they've done is watch film get healthy scheme all they've done is is self scout and watch their own tape and try to fix their mistakes meanwhile the giants had to go play and then get their butt kicked by the Philadelphia Eagles in the middle so if you were even two weeks ago, you've spent two weeks getting better they spent a week getting their butt kicked and a week recovering if you can't beat that team on a game that you absolutely should show up locked in, ready to play because of everything that is at stake, what are we doing? All right, so, so you know, Drew says he still might make the playoffs. Great. Once you get there, if you don't win this game, how are you expected to win that game? If you don't win this game, how are you expected to make any noise in the postseason? And making the postseason is nice, but it's not the end goal. Once you get there, what does everybody say? Once you get to the dance, anything can happen. Once you get to the dance, it's anybody's game. Crazier things have happened. Well, what's the point of getting to the dance if you know, based on a game four weeks ago, that your team isn't ready? That's the tough part. And secondly, I'm not I'm not convinced, not even a little bit convinced, that if they beat the Giants, or sorry, if they lose to the Giants, the postseason is still so likely, as Drew was saying on the call-in line. Because San Fran, tough one. Cleveland is getting better. Now you can argue about the legitimacy of, of why they're getting better. Their quarterback, who is suspended, is knocking off some rust. But if you if you can beat the Giants this week, can you beat the, the, the Browns that week? And then you know that Dallas, right, you throw records out in, in a rivalry game to end the year. Let's go to TJ in D.C. He's on the call in line. You can call in as well. 1-800-636-1067. We want to hear from you. Is it a must-win game for Washington? TJ, thanks for calling in. What side of the uh, the argument do you fall on? Yeah, this is this is CJ. It's, it's definitely... Oh, I, sorry about that, CJ. It's no problem. And, and you have a great show, by the way. Thank you. Uh, it's definitely a must-win game. I don't know if anyone saw the San Francisco game a couple uh, on yesterday. We're not going to win against San Francisco. 
we 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 have a chance to win against the Browns because it's at home, and I think that Dallas will be playing for something. So they're going to they're going to start all their players. So this is definitely a must-win game. If they don't win this, I think our playoffs hopes are over because Detroit is strong right now. The Giants. Uh, the rest of their schedule is kind of, you know, they're going to lose a couple of games. Seattle's going to lose a couple of games. So we definitely have to beat the Giants. And then quietly, when we lose to San Francisco next week, we might have to play San Francisco again in the playoffs. Well, I, I think everyone's it. looking to dodge San Fran right now. Thanks for the call, CJ, and apologize about uh, messing up that CJ-TJ situation once again. Uh, the phone lines are still open, 1-800-636-1067. I said this during the bye week, and, and it was right here on this network uh, on, on 106.7 last Saturday. I said, if you look at the commander's schedule, it went Giants, Niners, Cleveland, Dallas. And I said, you know what? I think you have to beat the Giants. I think you have to beat Cleveland. And I think you have to split the other two. Now, I, I mean, as you just heard from, from CJ there, uh, the, the, the odds will be stacked against you against a team like the Niners, especially if Brock Purdy can continue pulling rabbits out of his hat. But, uh, but I don't think it's it, you know, the most unreasonable thing in the world to think you can steal one there. I just think three wins of the last four, you feel good about where you are going into the postseason. Three wins of the last four, you feel, you feel like you're in a good place. So, yeah, to answer the question we started with and and many of you chimed in on and you can continue to chime in on, is this a must-win game? Heck, yeah, this is a must-win game for Washington. It is a one-time special uh, hidden right there in the regular season playoff game this weekend. Now, now the, the numbers don't quite add up on it, right? The The... the Numbers don't quite mean it's if you lose, you're eliminated. But I kind of believe that whoever loses out of this game won't make the playoffs. I think it is very tough. The tie actually does kind of help in a weird way. But it is very difficult to get four teams from the same division in the playoffs. So I, I, I look at it and I think you treat this like a playoff game. If you're Washington, you treat this like either you or the Giants are going to the, the, the postseason, and it's going to be decided on this game. That's how important it is. That's how important it is. So it's must win. It's, it's can't lose. <laughs> That's a, a glass half full, glass half empty thing, right? Must win or can't lose. Actually, no, I take that back. I take that back, wind it back, because uh, I guess you could technically say last time these two teams played, it was... It, it, they didn't lose. So I'm not asking for a tie here. I'm not asking for a tie at all. Do not put that on me. I refuse. <laughs> but it is definitely a must-win game. Keep those answers coming. We'll be checking in with you throughout the show. How much of a must-win game is it for Washington on Sunday night football when the Giants come to town? We're also going to take a, a, a dangerous trip and try to put ourselves in the mind of the Giants. What are they trying to do to get back on track? I'll tell you, stick around. This is 106.7 The Fan, overtime on 106.7 The Fan, and we'll be back with that Giants experiment coming up next.
Try to put yourself in the Giants' headspace and think, what do they want to get going the most? And then you go, you can look at their season, and we will, and see see what is their priority number one, and then you can reverse engineer that and say that's where Washington should focus on on stopping or fixing or beating, right? Can the Giants get back to where they were when they were a 7-2 and two team a month ago? And it actually goes against, right, the, the, the thing I'm going to suggest Washington focuses on is going to go against what most believe Washington should focus on. Because if you go back two weeks ago and, and, you know, the tape is readily available because you just played them. If Washington looks at what the Giants did to Washington uh, two weeks ago, there was a lot of running by Daniel Jones. 70-something yards. Leading rusher. So, so the, the logic would say, the surface logic would say, you need to jump in and you need to stop Daniel Jones from running the ball. I look at it and say... I don't think that's priority number one. I look at it and say, actually, they play much worse when Daniel Jones is their leading rusher. I look at it and say this. The the Giants have had almost two seasons, okay? They've had the first nine games when they were winning close game after close game and they were 7-2 and two and everybody was really jacked up about them and Brian Dable was going to be the, the coach of the year and, and, and Daniel Jones was going to get his long-term contract and Saquon Barkley was the comeback player of the year. They had these first nine games when they were 7-2 and two and the world got way out ahead of their skis hyping them up. In each and every of those first nine games, Saquon Barkley was their leading rusher. Nine games, nine times Saquon Barkley was their leading rusher. They were 7-2. and two. Over the last four games, that's the second season they've had, right? They're not 7-2 and two anymore. They're 0-3-1. Okay, so the first one, very good, 7-2, and two, high winning percentage. The second season, 0-3-1. You know what's different about that? You know what the, the, the line of delineation says? Saquon Barkley's the leading rusher for the first nine, and he was the leading rusher in just one of the four games during their skid. Twice it was Daniel Jones. Most recently it was Tyrod Taylor in the blowout against the Eagles. He came in late, picked up 40 yards on the ground. My point is this. You're not going to get beat. You're not getting the best version of the Giants if you are getting a version where they are leaning on Daniel Jones to run the ball. You're getting the best version of the Giants when they get Saquon Barkley going. So guess what you should focus on? Stopping Saquon Barkley. Because again, put yourself in the mind of the Giants. Put yourself in the mind of, of everyone in that New York Giants football facility and they're going, all right, when things were going well, we were finding ways to make Saquon effective. Matter of fact, in their most recent win, which was was whatever that is, almost a month ago, a month ago, now I'm bad with dates and calendars, he had 35 carries. Saquon Barkley had 35 rushing attempts. To put that in perspective, Derrick Henry, who is very, very well known for getting the ball an absolute ton has never had a game that didn't go to overtime that he ended with 35 or more carries. Think about that. 
and they won the game and Saquon had what a buck 50 so so they're their best right when they're operating especially when they look at themselves and self scout themselves they're operating their best when Saquon is leading the way in the rushing game so I'm not going into this game thinking we have to stop Daniel Jones the rusher I'm going into this game thinking, okay, okay, okay. Over the last four games, we're the only team that stopped Saquon and didn't win the game. Because the other three, the Giants lost. There was a tie against Washington and that was it. So perhaps, right, our defense was doing what they should have been doing. Right, when they put the focus on stopping Saquon and did so, and, and the Giants were forced to come up with alternate ways to get the running game going, a.k.a. Daniel Jones. That was the right strategy because it's worked for everybody else that's pulled it off this month. The other, the other side of things, the flip side of things is the offense has to score 21 points. <laughs> so I, I'm, not, I'm not looking at the, the defensive strategy from two weeks ago and ripping it up and throwing it out putting through the shredder i'm looking at the defensive strategy from two weeks ago looking for tweaks here and there i'm not saying that they played perfectly on the defensive side of the ball but i'm looking for tweaks here and there right and 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 i'm largely saying hey we still have to stop saquon because because who would you rather have trying to beat you okay who would you rather have with the game on the line or or a big drive, momentum building drive, whatever it is, with 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 all of that riding on it, would you rather have the ball in Saquon Barkley's hands going around the edge or Daniel Jones going around the edge? By the way, Daniel Jones runs a four eight one forty. That's what he ran coming out of college. Saquon's significantly faster than that. You can tell by the quads. <laughs> But also, uh, if, if you stop Saquon, it's going to put more pressure on the passing game. And even if you, you are a, a Daniel Jones fan and, and you think, you know, he's, he's been held back by his team or, or you've been, he's been held back by the coaches and, and there's, you know, there's some Joe Judge realism to that, right? It's not like the, the offense that Joe Judge is associated with now up in New England is A-OK. So, so maybe Daniel Jones was being held back. Do you trust those receivers? Kenny Galladay got an $80 million contract. Hasn't even caught a touchdown. Kadarius Toney, they drafted in the first round. Already sent out of town to KC. Wandale Robinson, they drafted in the second round. Looked like he was making waves. He's on IR. So, so I, I still believe, and it's, it's the, the Belichick cliche. He's the one that gets all the credit for it, but I'm pretty sure coaches have been trying to do it for, you know, a tale as old as time. Um <laughs> Uh, you take away what they do best. And and I don't care who you are. There's no running game where the guy that runs the 4-8-1-40 is what you do best when you have the guy that runs the 4-3 the or whatever Saquon runs. So I'm fine with getting into a shootout if that shootout is between my offense with significantly better weapons outside of the running back position up against a Daniel Jones-led offense. The only thing you need to make sure you don't, you don't get beat by is that that running back position. You can't let Saquon have one of those Saquon games. And and at some point, the Giants are going to break glass in case of emergency. I talk about this with with running quarterbacks, uh, like like a Lamar Jackson or or a, a Kyler, or back in the day when Russell was a bit more more mobile. I would say things like, 
that it's a break glass in case of emergency situation when you're going to run Lamar repeatedly. Right? You want to be able to get ahead with Lamar Jackson throwing the ball. But if you get to the point where there's an end-of-the-game situation, you absolutely need a drive, that's when you break glass in case of emergency and you go, Lamar right, Lamar left, Lamar right, Lamar left. So I'm sure after that 35-carry game kind of uh, tired out Saquon a little bit, that the Giants' goal is let's, let's get his carries down. Let's not give him so much of a workload. But at a certain point, they're going to be in a must-win game, which this might be uh, primetime, national television, uh, everybody watching, divisional rival, playoff implications galore. They might say, go ahead and break glass in case of emergency and go Saquon right, Saquon left, Saquon right, Saquon right, Saquon left, Saquon up the middle, Saquon out of the backfield on a catch, Saquon, Saquon, Saquon. <laughs> I don't know why I said that with uh, Brady Bunch, Marsha, 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 like timing. Saquon, Saquon, Saquon. <laughs> There's a reference for the old timers. Um, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It, it's, it's, it's got, it still has to be. It has to be. The focus, the primary focus of your defense is, is the guy with the quads, the guy who is, is that darn talented. B. John Robinson, the Texas running back, uh, UT, going to be the top running back drafted this year. What does everybody say? He's the best running back prospect since Saquon. The guy with all the physical gifts, focus there. If Daniel Jones gashes you for an 80-yard run, you need better athletes on defense. That's not scheme. That's go catch him. If Saquon beats you for an 80-yard run, you probably should have put an extra body on him. Probably should have loaded the box a bit better. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan. If you have a key to the game, if you think there's a secret to unlocking the ability to knock down and stop the New York Giants in a must-win game for Washington, I want to hear from you. 1-800-636-1067. Put yourself in their shoes. What did the Giants need to do to beat Washington? Right. Think if you, if you want to beat the Giants, you have to think like a giant. And then that can help you decide where you want a Washington strategy to go. Again, 1-800-636-1067. That is the call in line. When we come back, there's something about prime time that gets Ron Rivera rolling. We'll try to figure out what that is coming up. Before we get to the, the unexplainable prime time thing that we're going to do our best to explain... We are going to, uh, first of all, update you on a game going on. Uh, Cincinnati-Louisville in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, which it just goes to show you how crazy those, uh, those bowls have gotten. Wasabi Fenway Bowl. There was, there was the Cure Bowl had a funny one before, right, right before it as well. Uh, later on today, there's the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. The bowl, Jimmy Kimmel has a bowl coming up later today. Bowl games going on, uh, but Louisville up 21-7 on Cincinnati right now, which is appropriate, right? Louisville's coach left Louisville for Cincinnati. So those players, even though they're quarterback on the way pro, uh, Louisville is Malik Cunningham's quarterback. Louisville is motivated to kind of stick it to him, right? I I get that. Your coach is going to go to another place. Go ahead and try to stick it to him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's probably how it went down. Uh, this is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Again, 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Uh, what is it about primetime that, that changes people, right? 
Now, I guess we should start with the most cliche of the cliche, right? Primetime Kirk. (laughs) Uh, Everyone everyone in Washington that wants to go ahead and get your Kirk jokes out, let's do it, right? Primetime Kirk. Kirk Cousins in primetime is like a third of the quarterback that one o'clock slate Kirk Cousins is. And it's, it's... Explained only by, I guess, a little stage fright, right? Or, or big stage fright, you could call it. It's when, when all of the, the cameras and all of the television screens are tuned in on you, sometimes it's harder to, to just get into a rhythm. So I was, I was looking at the primetime records of Washington and, and the Giants, right? They're playing, and it's Sunday night football. So I'm, I'm looking for anything, right? I'm... Maryland, it's now legal. I, I, I dabble in the gambling world, sports gambling, right? Um, but one thing that I, I fancy myself is a, a narrative better, which means I'm looking for storylines as much as I'm looking for analytics. I, I like to see the guy that's extra motivated because he's playing against a team that you know passed him up in the draft. Or I like to find the guy who, who is playing in his hometown. Right, last night was a good night for me. Dante Divincenzo, uh, who some of you might know as a, a, a reserve player for the Warriors, was playing at the Philadelphia 76ers. I knew that he grew up in the area in Delaware, and he grew up a big Sixers fan. And Steve Kerr put him in the starting lineup because he was playing at home. And guess what? Five for five from three in the first quarter, the highest scoring quarter of his career. So I was looking at it going, oh, you know he's going to try to put on a show, probably has 30, 40 of his friends in the stands. This is going to work out well for him. Bada boom, bada bang, couple prop bets, we're doing A-OK. So I'm looking at primetime as something that I might be able to find a little bit of an edge here, a little bit of an advantage. Which team plays well when all of the televisions are tuned in on them? Washington has won each of its first two night games this season. And they're 5-2 and two in primetime in two-plus seasons since Ron Rivera took over. That's a, that's a good winning percentage. When you look at the overall winning percentage of Washington since Ron Rivera took over, 5-2 and two is well above that. They play above their level. They punch above their weight class when Ron Rivera is coaching and they're in primetime. These stats are, are from ESPN, by the way. Then I look at the other side and I see the Giants. All, the, all those primetime Kirk jokes that we make, right? All, all of the Kirk Cousins can't play well in primetime. One o'clock Kirk Cousins and, and 820 Kirk Cousins are different players. All the primetime Kirk jokes, I think we, start have, we, we have to start making them about the New York Giants. Especially if they lose on Sunday to Washington. New York has lost 11 in a row in night on primetime. 11 in a row. Now, I know they've been bad for, for quite some time, and they're trying to turn that around, but, but even the, the worst teams shouldn't be losing 11 in a row. right? And, 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 and think about what that does. Think about what that does to your brain. Think about what that does to your psyche on both sides, right? Washington, you know, everybody has their, their core friends, their core family. You know who I'm talking about. Right, your best friends, your close family, your immediate family, your parents, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe a, a mentor or something, and they're going to watch every single one of their games. They're going to pay extra for the, the the television package, the satellite package, whatever they need to get every single game. And then there's maybe a little bit outer fringe, an outer fringe, and then there's there's the casual friends, casual fans, and when, guess which games they catch. 
well, the ones that are, you know, on the network and they're in the area, definitely if it's Monday, Thursday, or Sunday night, because everyone watches those games. So, so those friends, those family, right? The, the cousin who you kind of know, right? The friend who you went to high school with, but don't talk about that often, but he's good friends with your good friend. They think Washington is great. They love what Ron Rivera is doing in Washington because every time they watch them on a primetime night game, they play great. They win five and two. And the Giants, their fringe friends, their outer friends think they stink. They haven't seen them win in primetime in 11 tries. And because they're New York, they're a big media uh, market, they keep getting those those shots in primetime. So now you're going into this game and you're just constantly being reminded about your faults and your flaws that happen in primetime. So when that, that, that spotlight gets put on you, it starts to laser in a little bit, starts to make you hot, starts to make you sweaty, starts to make you nervous, starts to, starts to make you shake a little bit when normally when you're playing in, in the, the 1 o'clock or the 4 o'clock slate on, on, a, on a Sunday, you're relaxed, you're bopping to the music, you're having fun. Not when primetime happens. I actually think the the flex scheduling or, or the NFL scheduling that put the New York at Washington game on a Sunday night tremendously benefit Washington in the same way that, you know, if you have a team, right, the, I would say the time of day, uh, primetime coverage, whatever it is, is kind of just, you know, it's, it's a situation. It's an element similar to something like weather, Right. Like if you have a team that that plays really well when it's cold out, now you can't, you know, try to schedule all your games when it's cold out, but when it happens, it's a huge advantage for you. Right? Like Buffalo right now, Buffalo is going to play Miami this weekend. They're playing up in Buffalo and there's there's a, a, a warning for like a foot to 2 feet of lake effect snow. It's going to be cold. They're playing Miami. They're playing a team from South Beach. When, when asked about playing in the cold, Tua Tungo-Vailoa reminded everybody that it snows in Alabama, and I want it to go Tua, not like it does in Buffalo. So Buffalo will have an advantage there because they play better in cold weather. So if I'm looking at uh, Washington, it's similar. If you play better on primetime, it's not like you can go out and, and, you know, it's out of your control. It's not like you can plan or you can scheme to make a game in primetime. But at the same time, when it happens, you have to take advantage of it. The Giants have stage fright. Big stage fright. Primetime fright. They, 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 they don't like having all the cameras pointed at them. Well, on Sunday night football, you're never going to have more cameras pointed at you all season. And Washington, I mean, it can't just be the Heineke thing because five and two under Rivera goes back to previous quarterbacks. But let's not let's not you know hide what we're talking about here. Heineke is the type of person. I mean, he didn't audition in the high school play for you know guard number two. He auditioned for the lead, and 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 that's just his personality. He's not in, in the choir trying to sing the, the bass backup harmony. He's trying to sing the solo. He likes to be in that spot. Feels comfortable in it. Matter of fact, uh, yeah, I have a vivid, memory, a vivid memory, and I'm sure many of you do as well, of, of these two exact teams, Washington and the Giants, playing on a Thursday night last year. 
Taylor Heineke threw a horrendous interception late in the game, and and we, oh, he just gave the game away. Got the ball back, drove for the game-winning score. And it was kind of the beginning of Heineke magic. Well, let's return to, to the, the matchup of that e- emergence. If we get some Heineke magic on national television, who knows? That guy might be in, in commercials pretty soon. Insurance commercials, right? That's what all the quarterbacks get. He'll have Andy Reid drawing, drawing mustaches on him. He'll be pretending like he lives in the stadium. He'll be doing the discount double check. He'll be singing uh, uh, Washington, I love you so, or whatever the heck Peyton Manning does. All the quarterbacks only get insurance commercials. <laughs> so maybe he's next for that. Maybe. Oh, goodness. Speaking of Heineke, Carson Wentz is back. <laughs> Kind of. He's back. He's eligible. He's activated. He's the backup to Taylor Heineke. What can that do for Taylor Heineke? We'll talk about it next right here on 106.7 The Fan. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Phone lines open 1-800-636-1067. Next, we talk Carson Wentz's impact on Heineke. Stick around. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Tim Donnelly. We're talking Commander's Giants because it's Well, it's a massive game. It's a must-win game. It's a playoff implications game. It's coming out of the bye week. It's a rematch of the game from two weeks ago. A lot of reasons why this game means something. But it's also the return of Carson Wentz. Bet you thought I was going to say the return of Chase Young. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Plenty of time. Plenty of time here on Overtime. So, uh, do you think there'll be an impact of Carson Wentz, even if it's just Carson Wentz on the sideline? 1-800-636-1067. Now, now one of my cold, hard and fast rules about, about football, about the quarterback position, is quarterback is a confidence position. You have to fully believe your team, your coaches, and yourself have your own back. If you're going to play quarterback well. It's it's why so often the best backup quarterbacks are those irrational confidence guys, kind of like Taylor Heineke, right? You know, someone like Baker Mayfield that that came off the bench on that Thursday night magical game. Uh, to, you know, I called him the Amazon Prime quarterback because it was two day shipping from from Carolina to on the field for L.A. It's a it's a confidence position, right? And part of it is because there's like I'm gonna I'm gonna snap my fingers. Hopefully, it comes out on the microphone. That's how quickly you have to make decisions, right? As a quarterback, sometimes faster than that. Sometimes it almost has to be you feel things before it's happening. And if there is a single moment where you think, oh, well, if I make a mistake here, I might lose my job. If I make a mistake here, my coach won't believe in me. Ah, can I throw it as close? Any hesitation can completely ruin everything. So sometimes when you have you know a situation like this, Taylor Heineke is your starter and, and Carson Wentz is your former starter, but Carson has been on IR or hasn't been active. Heineke's out there and he knows, heck, I could throw three interceptions. They don't have someone to go to. They don't trust Sam Howe. So I'm good. So then he can cut it loose. He can let it rock. But then as soon as you put Carson Wentz there, and it's like even if they still say like, hey, Heineke's the guy. Heineke, we like what he's doing. Heineke is this. But just... Carson Wentz being there and being in uniform sometimes is enough for a guy to look over his shoulder and just think, ah, and as soon as that, as soon as that 
snap second, right? That that fraction of a fraction of a second hesitation, that's the difference between fitting it into Terry McLaurin for a big gain and it being broken up. That's the difference between it being broken up and it being intercepted. So does Carson Wentz, even if he's not in the game plan, even if they don't bring him into the game, even if they have no expectation of him taking his job back from Taylor Heineke, does the mere presence of, of another guy with experience in NFL games, because Sam Howell has essentially none, does the mere presence somehow impact Heineke's outlook on, on how to play? I mean, I, I, I love Heineke. I, I, I think his, his mindset is, is really the only mindset that could have taken him from at home, training young quarterbacks, taking online classes to get his degree, to now in his second year essentially starting in the NFL. Like His mindset is the only thing that could have gotten him there, and I don't want to mess with that mindset. Right, part of the reason why he's so darn good is because he thinks he's so darn good. Part of the reason why Heineke magic is a thing is because he gives them a chance to be magical. Uh, what, what I mean by that is there's a lot of quarterbacks, right? And I, I mean a lot of them, and you've seen them. I saw which uh, there was one that it was last week. I'm not going to, it's not going to come to me and it's going to ruin. It's going to be like a, you know, the chorus to a song that I can't quite finish in my head. So I'm just singing the first line over and over again. Um, But I was watching the game. Gosh, that's going to frustrate the heck out of me. And the guy was taking sack after sack late in the game. And all I could think of was like Heineke would take a sack or two. Don't get me wrong. But at a certain point, he's going to have a play where he drops back and he simply says, they ain't getting to me on this one. I'm putting it up there. And he'll pick his, his best wide receiver at the line and, and he'll give him a ball that, that he'll have to make a play on, but he'll go catch it. And, and that is, is special. So I'm just hoping putting, putting Carson Wentz in a uniform doesn't ruin that. Right, I think about it like the Jets. The Jets put in Mike White, and for the first game Mike White was the starter, they had Zach Wilson as, as the third stringer, not in uniform. I think part of that was to teach Zach Wilson a lesson. Part of it was to make sure Mike White wasn't going, oh, are you only playing me until you can go back to Zach? Because Flacco's over there. No, one, no one's thinking Flacco's going in. Shout out to my Delaware Blue Hens. Cameron in Rockville is on the call-in line. He has some predictions for the game. The call-in line is open, by the way. I want to hear from all of you. 1-800-636-1067. How do you think the game's going to go? Cameron in Rockville, thank you for calling in. What do you have to say about the game tomorrow? Hey, hey, man. So uh, I think the Commanders will win. I'm pretty confident that will happen. But I think the score will be anywhere from, like, 24 to 14 or 24-17. And I think the defense is due for a defensive touchdown. Well, okay, there's the difference right there. Cameron, thank you very much for the call. Uh, call back in any time, 1-800-636-1067. So if you're looking at like 24-13, 24-17, whatever it was that you said there, and if there's a defensive touchdown, there's a different, There's a difference, right? The game uh, two weeks ago was 20-20. to If the defense scores a touchdown, we're looking at 27-20. That's essentially what you're saying, right? So you, if the defense can come up with a score and the offense can stay exactly what they were, you're going to be right on the nose. They're, they're, that's the difference. And, and, I mean, do we have to go full Al Pacino on any given Sunday? Life's a game of inches. 
gentlemen, right? Life is a game of inches, but football is a game of inches. It's about the, the six inches in front of your face. Like it really will only take two or three plays. If it's a big play, one play different from the, the game that took place two weeks ago. That's really all it is going to take. So if there's a defensive touchdown and everything else goes essentially the same or, or with the same vibe, you'll be A-OK. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. We are going to keep breaking down every which way that Washington hosting Giants Sunday night football game. You know, we, we talked about it in the first hour. We just, we just concluded the first hour, by the way. Uh, is it a must-win game for Washington was the question. You can continue to answer that, 1-800-636-1067. But we also need to take it the next step. It is a must-win game, so how do you win? I'll tell you, coming up next.